Today's topic is one we love discussing, and I always knew I wanted Moose and I to discuss it on the show, but I actually thought this conversation would be way off in the distance. While it was on the radar to explore this subject on the show, it wasn't going to be anytime soon, and I figured it would be, you know, deeper into next year, but I decided to bump it up because I can't help but feel the time to talk about it is now. Yeah, we're not going to be graphic, and I can't be junior high because I got to, you know, be serious about this because it's a very serious topic. But just because of the nature of the subject, we caution you to listen to this with headphones or earbuds, if you, especially if you have young kids around. But if you've got a teenager in your household, we encourage you to listen to the episode first and consider ways that this may be a springboard for you to have more conversations with him or her and just see how it goes. And hopefully you can get some value out of this and pass on some value. So let's dive in and talk about sex. Hey, hey, welcome to The Eva Show. I'm Eva Miller. As a domestic violence survivor turned life and wellness coach, I'm on a mission to help you acknowledge your worth, reclaim your power, and find your voice in this noisy world. If you're feeling stuck and looking for help, or you just want to be reminded that it's a-okay to be your unique self in a conforming world, you're in the right place. You ready to ditch expectations other people have put on you and rise to become who you've always wanted to be? Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. I'm your host and life coach, Eva Miller. Big Sexy is in the Clawfist, the Boom Boom Room with me today. And before we get started, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate your messages every week. I love talking to you, I love connecting with you, and I love hearing your stories. I let you into my world through this podcast every week, and I really appreciate you reciprocating and letting me have a glimpse into yours. So from me to you, a big heartfelt thank you for reaching out to me. So today's subject is about sex. And we talked about this last year, Mm -hmm. that this is going to be something that needs a lot more discussion around it. But part of the reason it was on the back burner, well, honestly, it's because I'm not interested in regurgitating what's already been said, no matter how good it might be. We both desire to add value to conversations and we want to elevate them, whether that's with a new perspective or idea or with a tweak to an older idea or tool that's still useful, but can somehow become able to offer more. But we spend a lot of time in conversations and this area is in desperate need to have a spotlight put on it. So for convenience and ease, we're going to use very... (laughs) Typical gender stereotypes in our examples and our scenarios, but know that we acknowledge that sex is not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing, and there are lots of different, like, people are not cookie cutters. So just because something seems to apply more to one gender over the other, it doesn't mean it never applies to that gender. So with that, what you believe fuels your behavior. And your behavior dictates your outcomes. So we want to discuss the way our ideas, our thoughts, and our beliefs surrounding sex affect us. And, you know... We said this wasn't going to be a graphic episode, and it's not. And it's not a a how-to. We're just going to spend some time talking and looking at ways that society and our environments have influenced the way that we feel about sex. Yep. We typically bump along in life kind of passively and just taking in the thoughts and beliefs and meanings about sex and other things as well. 
that other people give us. And we don't get intentional about those things. And sometimes they don't serve us very well. So if you're not getting the outcome you wanted in some areas of your life, it's worth taking a look at to see what's going on. Because like I said in a couple episodes, the way you view things, they can hold you back or set you free. So let's start with some questions. Where did sex come from? I know it sounds like I'm a little kid who's asking where babies come from, but I'm completely serious. Have you ever thought about it? Where and when do you think sex started? Who invented it? Has it been perfected? Is what we know all there is to know? Why are some of us afraid of what we don't know about sex? If you've been raised with a religious background, maybe you've been taught that certain ideas and beliefs, you know, around and about the subject of sex. But how much of this topic have you actually given any real thought to beyond the perspective of just your own pleasure? And if you weren't raised in a religious home, you were still taught something about this subject. And even if nobody ever talked to you about it, you didn't reach adulthood, I'm guessing anyway, without developing some kind of thoughts or beliefs about it along the way. It'd be impossible to do that because we're flooded Yes. with things about sex. And regardless of the way that you, you were raised, you are taught to believe one way or another. There are things that you believe now that may be different than what you were taught. Yes. So I'm, you know... It's probably a yes. You've been taught something about sex. Maybe it was good. Maybe it was bad. Have you ever wondered what sex looked like before the church, before Hugh Hefner, before Hollywood, and before our parents got us to take a look at it through their lenses? And whoever said any of those views of sex were right or healthy or fair? And then, you know, think about all the unspoken messages you pick up on about sex through the years. Like when we were growing up, things on things people said to us or things in TV shows or movies, you know, I don't know about you, but. Well, even the cartoons we watched growing up, you know, because you know, we're we're not spring chickens. And I remember Pepe Le Pew. Yep. And the way he acted in the cartoons and, you know, that teaches you about. It teaches you something. Sex, it teaches you how to behave and what not necessarily is appropriate, but you grow up thinking, well, that's appropriate behavior because that's what I'm learning. It's an expectation mm -hmm. that is set before you. It doesn't mean necessarily it was a, a bad expectation or a good one. It's just that we are conditioned by certain things. So think about like one of the things I remember hearing was guys are the gas, girls are the brakes. Yeah. And think about messages you picked up on, like in the movie Grease. Rizzo, oh, yeah, with Rizzo and Sandy. Rizzo you know, was Rizzo. a bad girl. Sandy was a good girl. Mm -hmm. And then we have movies that portray things a certain way, like Pretty Woman. Magic Mike. Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there seems to be, like some of the stereotypes for you. Guys are expected to have as many sexual experiences as they can before they settle down with that one special person. You know, they, you, we were taught that just if you see a girl and she's interested and she doesn't say no, then have as much sex as you want because you need to be experienced if you're going to be a good lover when you finally find that one you want to settle down with. But yet women are supposed to keep their legs crossed. Yeah, and we're told you want to date the bad girls. And marry the good girls. And marry the good girls. Mm -hmm. You want to date the Rizzos. To get all the experience, but you want to marry the Sandys. Mm -hmm. 
So we've narrowed it down to five areas that we believe need to be examined and questioned and kind of inspected because they make up the foundations of this very important aspect of our lives. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's start with what I jokingly call our great sexpectations. <laughs> so you agree with me. Yeah. I know this. We all come into relationships and we have expectations, whether that relationship is with a friend, a coworker, a roommate, a lab partner, or a family member. And sometimes we're not even aware of the expectations we have, but most of our challenges stem from the expectations being unmet. And unfortunately, something as electrifying and amazing as sex is not immune to that kind of situation. Yeah, it's more prone to that type of situation because of the emotions and the feelings that are involved and because it is so powerful. So what, let's talk about some of the expectations. A lot of guys, we go into the relationship thinking that, oh, great, I finally found the right person and we're going to have sex several times a week, if not every day of the week. Because, you know, that's what we've seen on some TVs and movies or through porn. Right. Because that's what we're being taught. That's what right. we're thinking. And that's, you know, it's, and in the beginning of the relationship, that may be the way it is because everything's new and fresh and you're excited. Right. And you both feel that way. But then sometimes, you know, in the beginning of the relationship, it starts like that. But then as the relationship goes on, it changes just like everything else does. Mm -hmm. It all, everything changes. Well, yeah, life, life's. Right. And so then when you get down to like, you know, a few times a month instead of a few times a week, do you get frustrated and confused? And I, I think it's easy to feel like you're being rejected somehow. Yeah, especially with the male ego, because if you're expecting it several times a week and it just starts tapering off, it's like, well, what am I doing wrong? Am I not good enough? Yeah. Look good enough. Mm -hmm. Act good enough. Good enough in the bedroom, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, how about the women who ask their husbands for a back rub and then they're like, really just only a back rub, want a back rub. <laughs> and the guys are like, "Ooh, I get to touch her. Things are going to start warming up. We're going to all she wants is a back rub, guys. Right. Like you're expecting it's, it's not foreplay. It's going to lead to something more. Mm -hmm. I saw a T-shirt once that was a, a maternity T-shirt and it said, all I wanted was a back rub. <laughs> <laughs> we had a friend once we got in one of these conversations with a friend mm. and he told us once and he said all of this in front of his wife and all oh, she yeah. could do was nod her head and agree but he told us that he knew without a doubt he made her feel like a million bucks one night yes and he said he was really sure she was going to want to repeat the next night and he said i was disappointed to find out that she wasn't interested but i was crushed when I realized she wasn't actually interested for like a whole nother week. Mm -hmm. And she made the comment about, well, when it's good enough, I'm good to go for a little bit. And right, his, right. he was like, no, no, no. My philosophy is you can't have too much of a good thing. And they obviously didn't share that philosophy. Right, right. So are your quote unquote Se expectations mm -hmm. being met? Do you know what your partner's expectations are? Do you think you're meeting them? Have you even asked? It's a conversation worth having. Definitely a conversation worth having. So the second area that we think is the idea of sex as a reward or a punishment. Yeah, we've seen this a lot throughout our life, just, you know, talking with friends and 
just watching the way people behave and things like that. And, you know, it's, you got to give your mindset a checkup. It helps to know where you are and whether you're still going in the direction that you were wanting to go. And every relationship needs hedges of protection placed around it. And I think that, I think this kind of thing is actually a way to keep the hedges high. Yes. So let's talk about our attitudes, what we really believe about sex and the role that it plays. I know we've heard women say things like, oh yeah, I, I don't mind when my husband's tired from working a lot of overtime. At least then he doesn't want sex. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, well, he's feeling better now, so I'm probably going to have to give him some later. I remember one friend said to me, I like it when he's deployed because then I don't have to worry about putting out. And then... Yeah, and that goes to, you know, people that haven't been in the military. Maybe you travel for business and they like it when their partner is away mm -hmm. because then they don't have to put out while they're gone. And they're, they feel like they aren't an object. I don't know if you remember the barbecue slash birthday party we were at one time. It's way back in like, I don't know, Washington or North Carolina. And the couple throwing the barbecue... Maybe it's their anniversary. Maybe that's what it was, not a birthday. Anyway, he gave her a tennis bracelet. Mm, yeah, yeah. Diamond tennis bracelet. And she said, as as she he was putting it on her wrist, she said, ooh, a diamond tennis bracelet for my birthday? Well, somebody's going to get lucky tonight. So the idea that he gave her something and she's going to give him something else in exchange really kind of cheapens things in mm -hmm. the relationship. You know, and I've heard women, I have friends who've said, I told him I'm not giving him any until he starts helping me more around the house. Well, on the flip side of that, I've heard guys say, you know, I would work, I would do more around the house if she had put out more. Have you ever thought or said any of those same statements that we just listed as examples? It's not uncommon, but we're going to tell you right now, those statements, whether you make them as a quote unquote joke or in frustration or just, you know, because you're having a moment of thoughtlessness, they can seriously affect your relationship. If you think about your relationship as a, as a tree, every little chip in the tree weakens the tree and eventually it's going to fall. So, you know, here are some questions to consider. Do you believe it's okay to use sex as a reward or a punishment? Do you behave as if you do? If the answer to either one of those is yes, ask yourself, why do I believe that? Why do I think that's good? Why do I think that's right? Maybe it's an attitude you picked up from other women. You know, back in the day, a few gen couple generations back, we didn't talk about sex right. at all. Some women got married never having a conversation with their mother or their grandmother mm -hmm. about what things were going to be like. Or if they did, it was, you know, you just have sex so that you can have kids. Yeah. You don't enjoy it. You just, it's, it's well, your duty. And think back, we know some women a couple generations before mm -hmm. us who said, it's your wifely duty. You have to do this. Yes. It's never about any pleasure or joy or anything. It was just, this is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think it's okay to use it as a reward or a punishment, is it because of your frustration in your own situation? Sex is not an obligation, and it should never be used as a reward or punishment. And viewing it all those ways is going to hurt your relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't think your husband helps enough around the house or with the kids, I'm just going to tell you, aim your efforts at something that's going to move the situation forward. Because nothing positive, no positive changes are ever going to come 
from degrading your man like that. Withholding sex as punishment for any reason, it's not only fighting dirty, it's manipulation. And nobody wants to be manipulated. Yeah. Guys, at the end of the day, if you are hoping to have sex and you feel like you're getting the leftovers or she's got nothing left, she's put everybody else before you. Think about what have you done to help lighten her load some, mm -hmm. whether she works outside the home or she doesn't. If she's working at home all day, she's cleaning, taking care of the kids when they're there or homeschooling the kids. And kids always undo everything you've done Gosh, throughout yeah. the day. So you have to redo all the time. So she's going to be stressed out and you come home from work and all you want to do is sit down on the couch and just, you know, get some me time or relax. Well, she hasn't had me time or relaxation yet either. So what are you doing to help lighten the load? So you know, it's a partnership. You work together. On the flip side of the manipulation coin is the fact that your affection's not for sale. Don't prostitute yourself out like that. Your man does not want to buy sex from you. If he wanted to buy it, he'd go find a hooker. You're his partner, his lover, his confidant, his friend, and he shouldn't have to pay for your affection. And you know, I've seen it a lot where women will treat their husbands like he's a dog or a kid she's trying to train, offering him a treat when he's been good. And that's, that's not okay. He is a man. And not only that, he's your man. We've heard that joked about at parties too before. Yes. Where, oh, she's got him trained real well. Yes. You or should... even between guys, if if one guy is, you know, more supportive of his spouse and is doing things for other guys are like, well, she really got you trained, doesn't mm -hmm. she? Or whipped, yeah. Or whipped, yeah. Yeah. Treat your partner with dignity and respect. And don't start, I know it's tempting, but don't start a peeing contest where you say things like, I'll help more around the house when she starts putting out more. Mm -hmm. Or I'll respect him when he starts doing more around the house. Yeah. Because that just adds fuel to the fire. It's like telling somebody to calm down when they're mad. Like, we all know that never helps, right? No, it does not. Sex is about two people joining together to enjoy each other. And I don't care what your mom told you, what you saw on a soap opera, or in a movie. I'm going to say it. Your sexuality is for you. And it's okay for you to enjoy it. And I'm going to say it again, loud and clear. Just, you know, in case it raced in one ear and popped out the other. Your sexuality is not for someone else. It is for you. And it is 1000% okay for you to enjoy it. You don't have to earn it. And nobody gets to take it away from you. We've come a long way from where we were 40 years ago and the way we talked about and viewed sex. But just because we've come a long way does not mean the way we have come has all been healthy mm -hmm. or profitable. Right. So I read once, do you remember that book? Yes. Men are like waffles, women mm -hmm. are like spaghetti. Basically in the book he talks, it was a, it was a very cute, lighthearted look at the differences between men and women. And he, he talked about how men are like waffles and the way they do with syrup. They keep everything in their life compartmentalized. And he said that everything in a woman's life is like spaghetti on a plate. Everything touches everything else. And it was a, it was a good, <laughs> it was a pretty good comparison. Yeah, but, it made me realize I am definitely a waffle. Yes, you are. Uh, but I'm also definitely spaghetti. Mm. <laughs> but I have really, since then, I've really come to believe that sex is an area 
where a lot of women need to learn to compartmentalize a little bit more. And, and guys need to learn how to be spaghetti. A little more, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know that it might be hard for some women because, you know, so much of our emotions are tied into all the other areas of our life. But I'm going to propose to you that your sex life should be unrelated to and unaffected by which one of you changed the most dirty diapers this week? Who did the most dishes? Who did the most laundry? Who took out the trash? Or whether they forgot. Your attitude should be, wow, what an amazing gift I've been given. I love that I get to get with this. Because even if the this that you get to get with does everything wrong, in your opinion, outside of the bedroom, He's still amazing and caring and funny and sexy and loving and handsome and smart. And all the other things you thought he was before you married him and before life became filled with stress and responsibility. If you and your spouse, we say this all the time mm -hmm. to people, if you and your spouse are barely having sex once or twice a month, and if in 10 years from now you are okay with being more like distant roommates than intimate lovers... If you're okay with possibly one or both of you being in an extramarital affair, or if you're okay with being divorced and bitter, well, don't change anything. Keep doing what you're doing. But if you are not satisfied and you want a sex life and a relationship that thrives rather than survives, have the courage to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. There is hope. And just like everything else in life, it has to start with your beliefs and your attitudes and your views. So that's the first two of the five areas that we wanted to examine, yep. you know, you know break and, it open and, and look at it. Yep. And we're out of time. We're going to keep these short. And so we'll finish up next week with the other three. Till then. Peace out. Yep. Okay, girlfriend, that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to connect with me on social media, you can find me on Instagram at I'm Eva Miller. Thanks for being here. Talk to you soon.